coordination. All right, it's Cigar Saturday Live. It's uh, I'm Tom Fisher, Maddie Rock there at Sanja's in New Jersey. What what's it looking like tonight in New Jersey? What's up there, brother? Hello, ladies and gents. So far, yes. as we were talking about, we got a uh, the storm a brewing. No, it's on its way. I think probably we will uh, where I live at. We'll miss most of it. Uh, if it comes up here, it'll probably be a, a tropical depression by the time it hits up here. But, uh, you know, fingers crossed for my guys out in, uh, in Long Island and parts of Connecticut. So when it hits there, it's going to be probably a uh, probably a, a sub one or a, a tropical depression. So tropical. We're keeping our eyes on it. Better be keeping your eyes on it. We are going to bring our special guest on here in just a moment. Right Chef on. Dylan Benoit from Food Network Canada and also from the Cooking Channel. He's a host of a very popular show, especially in Canada. Uh, you may have heard of it. It's called Fire Masters. A lot of uh, great barbecue uh, friends compete. Uh, quite a few probably uh, that, that we know, Maddie, from, um, from the of, USA. One of our good buddies just shot me a text on it, too. She, Mr. Shad Bates, what's up there? Shad is very, very excited for this. Uh, All for right. The, so Shad, the, very good. Coffee and, God, God's a cool thing, right? Yeah, all, all the great things. Coffee, smokes, whiskey. Uh, he also has a butcher shop in the uh, Grand Cayman Islands. And uh, I'll let you know when I see him. He's going to be in the waiting room. But for now, I'll tell you, I was really trying to plan something out to uh, to be very apropos. Uh, when I saw Matty in Nashville, he gave me a couple pork bellies. That's what I'm smoking here, the uh, the Liga pork belly. This is – tell me, this. there's not many not many of these made, right? I'll play, brother. Yeah, so it's – uh. It's kind of for for uh, for one store that's out there. Um, look it up online, folks, for those who want to order directly from the shop. And it's to me, it's like a little baby Liga Nine. So it's got that Maduro profile on it. Um, I'm very, I particularly love guys. You know, kind of like a, a short Corona little torpedo, if you will. Uh, love it. Everything about it, I like the draw. Uh, and again, the configuration on that stick. Yeah. Uh, with the Maduro wrapper. Again, I'm a Maduro Horace. I am smoking a, uh, an underground dogma today, so keeping my Maduro horish self, you know, yes, place, but definitely yep. check out. Yeah. So uh, again, uh, we're very we're very pleased and, and honored to welcome to our show. It's Chef Dylan Benoit, host of Fire Masters, writer, uh, entrepreneur, uh, chef. So much more. How's it going, Dylan? What's going, gentlemen? How we doing? Yeah, it's great. Great to see you. You're in. Uh, are you in Canada right now? I am. Yes, I'm in uh, Cambridge, Ontario. So just about an hour outside of Toronto. All right. Well, Dylan, uh, it's great to have you. This is Maddie Rock, and of course, I'm Tom Fisher. And uh, everybody watching, if you're a, if you're a fan of Firemasters, uh, we have the one and only Dylan Benoit, the host of Firemasters. Ask your questions down below. Tweet them to us. Um, are you are you going to be lighting up or sipping on anything with us here? I am indeed. Yes, I actually just brought my sticks out. Sorry, there's a bit of. No Can you guys hear all this noise in the background? Is it's that a little. It's not too bad. Okay, it's cool. I'm bad. I'm staying at a hotel and there's some kids playing basketball right next door to me here. So talk on them and you show them who the boss is. That's how you start this. Yeah, it's about six, maybe ten year old girls. So I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> not <laughs> oh, that's great! What do you um, what do you what do you have there? So I've got a little Hoyo Epicure uh, Especial, uh, little Cuban uh, treats, and then I was unable to find uh, some decent bourbon, unfortunately, in the town that I'm in. But I did get some Japanese whiskey, some Satori whiskey. So I figured that was still uh, acceptable, even though this is the bourbon blog. Uh, yeah, no, we love the Suntory and Dylan, I'm going to send you some bourbon real soon. I meant to before the interview, but you are, you found something good. Uh, I was, I was saying as you, uh, right before you came on, I was trying to find something on the, the barbecue chef side that I thought would be very appropriate. And I got one of the pork belly cigars Maddie got for Ooh, me. Amazing. That's cool. That's your DM chef. So when you get a chance, you can address, so I get you a bunch of stuff over to, uh, to puff on. That'd be great. I'd love that. I'd love yeah, that very pork, much. The pork belly. And I'll also have to say, I, I was trying to dig in to, for barbecue and chefing, what would be the right fit? And uh, we love this brand called Peerless Bourbon and Rye. Okay. And they named their single barrels after what they taste like. 
And I have one called Low and Slow because it has barbecue flavors. So oh, cool. Uh, so we're That's getting all cool. in the mood for a, a nice uh, Fire Master barbecue meats, all things grilled conversation. Uh, so we, you know, we have we have viewers everywhere. We have a lot of viewers that know already. They've been talking about. They watch your show on Cooking Channel. Um, this is this is one of the biggest shows in uh, in, Can in Food Network Canada. It is, yeah. It's doing really, really well. So we're actually just filming our third season now. Um, we just finished filming episode eleven yesterday. So this is actually a nice day to catch up with you guys because we're off from filming. Excellent. Excellent. But it's going very well. It's being very well received in Canada and in the U.S. as well. So it's on Food Network Canada, Cooking Channel in the U.S. It's also on um, Blaze TV in the U.K. Uh, just got picked nice. up on Cosmopolitan TV in Spain. Um, wow. So, yeah, we're making some progress with it. It's been really good. And it's a ton of fun to shoot. I mean, if anybody's seen the show, there's three, uh, three chefs and three judges uh, and then myself as the host. And it's a, it's a barbecue battle the whole day. Everything's cooked on live fire you know, smoking, grilling, char, all that kind of stuff. So if you're into barbecue or even into just cooking live fire or, or interested in it at all, it's a great show to watch. It, it really is. And I I, uh, I don't have cooking channel. I have, uh, I got on Food Network Canada's website and I and I put my VPN on as Toronto when I was able to watch yep. an episode. Yeah, yeah. If you do that, you can, uh, you can watch everything that's aired already. So there should be 40 episodes up there that you can watch on demand. But so much more than a host. I mean, you do. You you you're a man of many talents. You have a you have a shop in the uh, the Cayman Islands, right? That's correct. Yeah. So I live in Cayman Islands, in uh, just outside of Georgetown, and I've been there for about thirteen years now. So that's very much home. And um, I've got a private chef and catering company there, which is the bulk of the the business that I do. So cooking for people that come down on vacation or you know passing through. And then uh, we opened a butcher shop last year, uh, early 2019, just before the world fell to pieces. Um, and uh, that's been actually doing very, very well, you know, so uh, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a great place for hospitality, the Cayman Islands. Um, so if anybody's ever down in that area, come look me up. The butcher shop's called Carnivore. And um, we'll get, I'll throw some contact de details and email and stuff like that. If anybody's ever coming down, we'd be happy to come cook for you. Nice. Remember uh, the Brazilian bank, Banco Nacional, that used to be down there. So we used to come down and then spend some time, uh, big brack, little brack, do some snorkeling. Yeah, yeah. I have another reason to go out there. You'll see me trying to snorkel with a giant hide of bacon in my mouth. So Yeah, <laughs> we can make that happen. You might attract some sharks that way, but. It's, it's all right. Yeah. Well, when, do you, when do you head back to, to Cayman? So I'm heading back on September 10th. All right, so man. Another, should, another couple of weeks up here. We should head, we should head that way in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm in the wrong place. I'll be in the Bahamas. I'll, I'll be oh, oh, okay. Okay, nice. What are you doing over there? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. That's that was <laughs> my gift after uh, our 18 months of misery to go to the Bahamas and you know sit on the beach and have people throw spears at me and try to go whaling. So yeah, I uh, <laughs> ultimate goal: cigar in hand. Uh, yeah, grouper, some conch. Yes. And, uh, uh, All the good stuff. All right, I see uh, Shad Bates. He's a he's a great friend and, and a sponsor of the show. He's a big fan. Uh, any, any questions uh, for uh, Chef Benoit? Definitely ask them. Anybody else? Any questions for the chef? Uh, please ask. Okay, Shad already has one for us. There you go. Uh, he's a shack, can you? All right. <laughs> what is the worst food you have had to try on the show? What's I got a I got a great story about this. All right. There was a gentleman that came and cooked. Uh, last season, I think it was, and uh, very eccentric character. And um, he did a swordfish dish for his first round. Great idea. Nice, meaty fish, holds up really well on the grill, right? Can take a lot of flavors, can take some smoke. Um, and so he was doing all kinds of work in the in the, what we call the Firemasters Arena in the kitchen there, um, just running around like a madman for the full 30 minutes. And then when we get down to taste on his plate, he's got half of a raw tomato, cut in half um and uh, a swordfish steak that's about an inch or an inch and a quarter thick that's been seared on the top and the bottom and served essentially raw like a tataki and this is a problem for two reasons number one this is the firemasters arena you're surrounded by fire you're supposed to be cooking things not that we're opposed to anything raw but when your protein is raw 
you're you've chosen the wrong dish for this uh, for this arena. Um, and the second thing is swordfish is not like tuna. It's not like salmon. It's it cannot be eaten raw or should not be eaten raw. Um, uh, swordfish and those deep water fish notorious for parasites and you know worms and things like that. Um, if you cook it through to like a medium well, even get it up to a nice internal temperature, then you're pretty safe. Uh, but these are one of those fish that you don't want to be eating raw. And so the judges, most of them didn't even taste it and he was sent home. So <laughs> I didn't even, I guess it doesn't really answer the question though, because I wasn't able to eat it. So I haven't actually had to eat that, but it was certainly the worst thing that was ever served. Wasn't, wasn't such a, a good choice. Uh, I guess the uh, the reverse would be what's one of you, what's I bet you have a lot of great things you try. What's one of your favorites? You know, any kind of steak, like if you cook a really well, a really well cooked, not a well done, but a really well cooked um, bone in ribeye, I think is my absolute favorite. Um, what we call either a, a tomahawk with the long bone or, or, you know, a cowboy steak with the bone in that's all French. I think that cooked really well over open fire. You get the, the fat kind of drips down. You get some of that, um, that smoke coming up and a really fantastic flavor. That was some mushrooms. We've had some really incredible like, uh, like smoked mushroom polentas and things like that that people have done, which are absolutely fantastic. Um, and I have a, a very fond memory of a dish that one of the judges did in a, in a final round one year, and it was roasted carrots, charred carrots. It was a side dish, um, and it had this like cranberry and Dijon sort of vinaigrette over top, and that was hands down the best carrot I've ever had in my entire life. What, so, you, what, what made it so good? What did they do to it, do you think? I think it was, it was the, what they didn't do to it, right? They just cooked it over live fire, lightly dressed with oil and some salt and, and slowly roasted it to kind of draw out the natural sugars and natural sweetness in the carrots and then had this sort of uh, blistered cranberry, fresh cranberry sauce um, using fresh cranberries, not uh, frozen or dried ones, um, which have a really pronounced tartness to them. They're, they're astringically tart, um, but you balance it out with a touch of sugar and uh, some some mustard, you know, to add a bit of acid. And uh, it was fantastic. Really, really well done. Excellent. Just a simple and we, dish. And, you know, we've, we've been so lucky to have so many great um, barbecue friends on uh, Cigar Saturday and uh, and Maddie and I. I mean, I, there's probably, I've, I've seen several of these folks that I think we know uh, that have been on your show. Some of them are from Canada. Some of them are from the U.S. They're from all over yep. to come on and compete. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I think yeah. what time is goading you into is when everything gets better in the world is a barbecue challenge, Canada versus US. I think I think that's what you're saying, Tom. I'm gonna I have a, we're gonna challenge. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll barbecue. Right here. I've been struck in the head many many times. I could be wrong, but I'm gonna go with, <laughs> and that's actually that's what I've heard happening on Bourbon Blog Live. Matt, Maddie and I should have a grill off. Is what we should do. You and I should have a challenge. I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll bring the booze. We'll, we'll be pouring all kinds of bourbon and whiskey on, and just see what kind of fire we can get going. I'll, I'll, that sounds I'll fantastic. Buy, I'm there. I'll buy off the judges with cigars as well, too. So it's going to be tough. <laughs> it's going to be a really, really bad buy off. You know, wink, wink, slap in the back event, and I like it even more now. That that really interests me. <laughs> How do these how do these uh, cont the contestants uh, what what do they have to go through to become a contestant? Do they have to go through preliminary round to where they they're vetted, where somebody gets to be impressed by what they do, or what happens? Um, they there's an application uh, form when we we do the casting call um, and chefs apply. They they kind of give a background of their history, photos of some of their dishes, why they like barbecue and cooking over live fire and things like that. And yeah. then uh, you know they're they're um, I guess contacted by one of the casting team and they do a video interview and, and conversations, so on and so forth. So when we do a season, it's 20 episodes with three contestants per episode, you know? So there's a, that's, what's that? There, yeah, it's very few, um, very few contestants that come in and uh, compete for the, over the season. So um, it's a, we're obviously closed for, um, close for casting this year because we're already filming but when right. it does happen again i always post it up on my social so if there's anybody that's out there interested uh, they should come in and contribute it'd be fun yeah i think you I th maddie's getting warmed up already i think, I think we're gonna try it maddie i think we're gonna see if they might consider us again a little little whiskey and cigars to talk them into it but uh we can't come on and, and mess up anything like the swordfish 
No, we, no, 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 no. You got to cook, cook your swordfish. Got to cook that. There's there's uh, Chef's uh, website, DylanBenoit.com. You can find all his uh, social media, a lot of other great videos, um, just all kinds of great stuff. Uh, now, of course, you like all these things we, we like as well, barbecue, yeah. uh, smokes. Uh, that's why it's your perfect guest for the show. Uh, whiskey, have, have we – and I've watched several episodes. Have you been able to play with whiskey on the show? Has anybody done any yeah. sort of – what have you seen done, and what have what have you what do you try? What do you do with whiskey when it comes to your own cooking? You know, especially when I'm up here in Canada, it's it's um, a lot of wild mushrooms and things like that are the kind of flavors that I always revert back to, right? A lot of foraged ingredients, and so anytime I'm cooking mushrooms over a fire, it's usually with a little bit of garlic butter and deglaze with some some bourbon or some whiskey. You know, cook that down a little bit, and the, this kind of natural sweetness comes out. So I think that's a really great application. Obviously, there's tons of sweet applications as well. Um, at my shop, we've been doing this uh, bacon, bacon bourbon um, caramel for uh, desserts and things like that. We've done um, bourbon barbecue sauces all the time. So I think whiskey in general is very well suited to barbecue and, and cooking for a number of reasons. Um, it, it just kind of makes sense. But yeah, in the in the pantry on the show, we've got a whole cart full of different um, alcohols and beverages. And so the, the competitors usually get in there pretty liberally sometimes to cook, not to drink, of course. They're not, they're not sip, they, they wait till a little bit after to try it out. But I mean, the yeah. bourbon, bourbon is, I mean, it's, it's the caramels, it's the, it's the char already in the barrel. There's so many right. reasons why bourbon works uh do you do you do you play around with rye any other i mean do, have you found one type of whiskey works better for different types of meats have you you know i find that a lot of the times by the time you add the bourbon into something or whiskey into something those more sort of delicate notes of vanilla and caramel and this amount of toast um kind of get lost you're not necessarily Although they're they're there, you're not able to differentiate between oh this one was a rye and this one was a bourbon or whatever. By the time you get it cooked into something, um, more so along you know with the pairing to to drink something like that with your meal is where I find uh, you get a little bit more of the the different notes out of it. So. Yes, yes. We are uh, again live with Chef Dylan Benoit. Anyone? A lot of more people watching now on Twitter. Thank you for sharing this on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. If you do take a moment and like and share this both, we watch always who likes and shares it. You'll have a chance to win that uh, bourbon barrel-aged coffee that uh, Shad Bates does so well Ooh, at Janus Coffee Roasters. Good. We'll make sure you get some of that, too. Dylan. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. I'm a big coffee fan. It's I mean, amazing at, stuff. Look at my fancy mug here that I'm uh, drinking out yeah. of. <laughs> <for Dika>. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's up. Very nice. <laughs> We got this sexy guy in the. There's Sanj. What's happening, oh, what's Sanj? Up, Sanj? How you doing, buddy? Good, good, good. How are you? I'm very I'm, well, thank you. I'm busy as hell right now. Yeah, that's a good problem to have, my friend. That's a good problem to have. It's eight o'clock, you know. So we're a little calmer then, right now. Yeah. Time. Yeah. yeah. That's good though. What is what? Hostess. I prefer him in that little cocktail dress, but it's never really about what I, it's never really about what I want. So that's okay. He usually maybe, maybe for your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> what are you smoking, Sanj? Section eight, baby. Ah, yes, I love those. I've really been enjoying those. Yeah, good, good. When They're you, really good. So we'll send you more. Thank you, thank you. No, you're, you're only getting dot heads and snake charmers because hashtag not racist. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, they're all they're all so good. He's doing a great job with those section eights. Good, Jeff. You smoke? Yes, sir. All right, I'm gonna send doing you a little a little Hoyo Epicure today. I'm gonna send you some stuff. We're making you up a bag, there, brother. That would be fantastic. Nice. I can't wait to get it. Good. That'd be great. Thank you. Thank you, Thanks, son. Got to go shake his thing for the guests. This is bold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep him coming back. That's right. Well, we uh, we're we're glad to be chatting with you now. Uh, okay, Shad is actually asking coffee and dry rubs. What do you think? I mean, it can work. What, do you, have, you, what have you seen done with it? What have you tried? I think dry rubs are, are an incredible um, tool, an incredible asset for a barbecue chef or a chef in general, right? Yeah. Um, however, they can also be overpowering. So you have to know your flavor combinations and also the ratio of rub to meat is very important, especially when you're using something so strongly flavored as coffee, right? Or cocoa or something like that. Um, we see it from time to time in the arena. I use rubs 
in my in my personal cooking, I would say on like rarely. Um, anytime I'm doing barbecue or bur- uh, like briskets or ribs or anything like that, it, more so. But very rarely do I put rubs on, say, a steak or anything like that. A bit of a purist with that kind of stuff, just like salt and maybe some pepper. And then I'll usually flavor the steak with a, a sauce at the end as opposed to adding a rub or, or an aggressive seasoning. So the, the sort of exception to that would be uh, steak spice. I make a, a steak spice that we sell at Carnivore. Similar to a Montreal steak spice, but we use smoked salt, like uh, hickory smoked salt as the base, and then whole coriander that's been ground, so it's got some nice texture, uh, garlic powder, chili, and uh, that's a really, really nice seasoning for a steak. Those flavors just pair so well together. Nice. And that'd be really good on a brisket now that I'm thinking about it. I've never done it, but putting that rub on there and then smoking a brisket would be unreal. That would that would be that'd be serious stuff. That'll be part of our barbecue challenge. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> We'll Love put it. all all the ingredients oh, in. Cho, are you listening? I'm just I'm just saying if you're not listening, <laughs> put it out there. Put it out there in the world. Now, when you think about uh, you know barbecue being so popular in the USA, um, of course, Southern barbecue, Memphis, whatever style it might be. What what do barbecue joints look like in Canada? I've only spent a little time in Canada. What's what's the barbecue culture like? How is it different there? I would say it's very similar most places to a Texas barbecue, right? Briskets and ribs, it's more that kind of classic Texas-style barbecue sauce. You find some places that will lean a little bit more to the Carolina barbecue style where it's more vinegar and mustard and things like that, which I love. I mean, those those flavor profiles just cut through a rich pork, like pulled pork or ribs or something like that so well. Uh, but Canada's always been a very multicultural place, right? There's food right. from all over the world here, and so you can find – all different types of barbecue. Um, as far as it's Canada's own type of like sort of spin on barbecue, I'm sure that it exists. And maybe there's somebody out there who knows a little bit more about this than I do uh, that would be willing to contribute or mention a couple barbecue joints that we could kind of look up after. Um, but now that I live down in the Cayman Islands, you know, I've been 13 years down there, so I'm not as up to date on on the individual shops and, and things like that, these hot spots of, of what's happening in the Canadian scene. I know down in the islands, it's very influenced by uh, Caribbean flavors, Jamaica, right? So it's a lot of jerk and smoke and pimento and, and you know, scotch bonnet and those types of oh, things. Yeah. And there's a few places doing some barbecue stuff that's that's a little out of the ordinary. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fun. I mean, it's so versatile when you start talking about barbecue. It really is... Obviously, you have purists that are like, no, barbecue is this and barbecue is that. But if you're a little bit creative and, you know, play a little fast and loose, you can do some really unique things uh, and still kind of color within those lines. Yes. Yes. All right. Another question from a fan watching on YouTube. Thank you, Kenny. Dylan, your thoughts on wood pellet grills versus charcoal for us backyard warriors? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think they both have a place. Um Wood pellets are obviously a little bit more um, convenient, right? Easier. They come already packaged. It's ready to go. You throw it in the smoker. The smoker heats up, usually like an electric smoker, and then you're off to the races quite quickly. Um, however, you do sort of sacrifice a few things when you go the route of an electric smoker. Super convenient, super easy, very clean compared to charcoal. You know, you're not dealing with so much ash and all those things. Right. Um, but you miss the flavor of the charcoal. There's a natural smoke that comes out of that as well as whatever wood you're putting in there. Um, so I think that's kind of important. And if you're really getting into it, let me backtrack for a second. I think an electric pellet smoker is a good place to start for people. They're usually quite affordable, you know, and they're they're usually pretty compact. You can get ones that are the size of a small garbage can. And uh, if you're only doing a couple racks of ribs or, you know, half a brisket or something like that, it's a really good place to start. If you find that you're really getting into it, I would say take the leap and get something that's charcoal or even live fire um, um, powered, right, with a smoker box to kind of offset. And then that way you have a lot more control over the type of woods you want to use, how big the pieces are, how long the smokes are, you know, this is the same, I get the same question all the time with people about um, um, wood chips or wood chunks, right? And it's the same thing. They both serve a different purpose, but if you're really doing a 15-hour smoke on a brisket, you can't use wood chips. You need logs, right? You need something that's going to burn for an hour or two hours, and then you come back and refill it um, the next hour later. So to answer the question, I think they both serve a purpose. I would say the electric uh, pellet smoker is good for when you're starting to ramp up and get into it little easier to 
learn the ropes. But then if you really want to step your game up, I would go charcoal and, and you've got a little bit more option and uh, flexibility when it comes to the woods you want to use and how that smoke reacts with the meats or veggies. Nice. Very nice. If you were uh, if you were going to go head to head, I mean, you you host the show, but if you were going to be challenged against uh, someone in the barbecue world, who would you like to go head to head with? Mm. That's a good question. I just wanted to. I just had a thought before we move on to that yeah, about um, yeah. about charcoal specifically. Yeah. I get asked a lot as well about uh, briquettes or lump charcoal, um, and if you if for people that that may not know the exact difference, the briquettes are the ones that come perfectly square, right? and uh, usually like a Kingford or something like that. The ones that have the lighter fluid inside where you just light it and it lights up. I always recommend that people stay away from those, especially when you're cooking with it. It's great for a bonfire to get things going, but those are you know held together by all kinds of different binders. There's various chemicals and stuff in there, which then translate, that flavor translates into your food, right? And you're burning that stuff off and that's not really something you want to ingest. I always recommend people go with lump charcoal it takes more work. It takes more time. You've got to start the fire. It's got to burn down until it gets to a nice cooking temperature, but it's just pure wood, right? At the base of it all. And uh, you end up with a far superior product and better tasting food in the end. Um, so that's my note on yeah, charcoal. Nice. Um, but as far as going head to head against somebody, you know, in the barbecue world, I, I have the honor of working with a few incredible people on the show from that sort of barbecue sphere. Um, you know, some sort of, uh, hall of famers and uh, literal hall of famers and um dynasty type folks like you yeah. know ray lampy uh dr barbecue yes. um Kev kevin bloodsoe uh from la texas right bloodsoe's barbecue amy yep. mills uh from yeah. 17th street right yep. uh, andy husbands out of the smoke shop in boston you know uh even um hugh um hugh mangum from uh mighty quinn's uh new york and he's all over the world now so you know these are serious folks. I'm not sure I'd want to go up against any of them. I think uh, <laughs> if in a competition setting, I wouldn't want to go up against any of them. I would love to go and hang. I'd love to hang out with them and just cook and drink whiskey and drink beers. Um, but I think if I was going to go for a cook, go somewhere and have a cook with somebody or, or to learn from one of these people um, in a restaurant setting, uh, as far as like how to produce this stuff and feed the masses and uh, and do it in a way where quality is your top priority and everything is hitting the plate and and um, in, an, in an almost mind uh, boggling nature. I think Andy Husbands in the smoke shop, what they're doing up there and there's several locations. He's a great guy, amazing food. Um, so Andy's a he's a good guy that I'd like to you know spend some time in his kitchen and and learn from him a bit. But as far as going and hanging out with somebody and just literally drinking uh, whiskey or, or uh, Hennessy in this case would be yeah. Kevin Bloodsoe, man. Hanging out with Kevin is just a riot. He is the funniest guy I know of one of them anyways. And uh, he's very Southern, very, you know, just takes his time, does it the right way. And, and he's just a guy you want to hang out with and, and eat barbecue. And he likes his Hennessy then. He's a, he's a Hennessy guy for he's sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Coney I I, barbecue can go. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Oh, for yeah. sure. You know, it's it's all barrel aged as well, oh, right? Yeah. There's a lot of synergies and and so uh, and um, you know parallels there. But uh, I tried to get him on some uh, Japanese whiskey the other day. He took a sip and he was like, "That's good, that's good." I was like, "You want to top up?" He was like, "No," and just pours his own pours his own Hennessy. He's a he's a man, um, you know, who knows what he likes. How's how's that pairing with the uh, toki with your uh, your stick? Is that tasting good? It's really nice. You know, I like this toki because it's really light. As far as uh, a whiskey goes, especially a Japanese whiskey, uh, light in color, um, but not light in flavor. Um, it's got an inherent sweetness to it, which I think isn't always the right pairing. Um, but in this case, it's it's dangerously crushable. Yeah. And I found that out uh, last week with another bottle. I sat down and had some drinks here with some of the crew after we finished filming. Woke up in the morning and I wasn't feeling so good. I was like, man, I only had three drinks out on the, on the patio. And I looked and I had drinking half of a bottle to myself and it uh, catches up with you pretty quick you it don't notice smooth it. it's easy large drinks you told the truth yeah large drinks there were three <laughs> drinks but they were full <laughs> and there was nothing else in it as i yeah, took my right. from uh from johnny and hanji so i'll have nice. to seriously through you guys in the uh the adult beverages on that i've never even heard of that place what's that what's that chain all about uh, that shop all about if you're a burger and a hot dog guy um 
So it's part of like some of the legendary um, New Jersey, New York area hot dog. Like there's Rutt's Hut. And when you hear Rutt's Hut, Rutt's Hut, like I said, my joke is everyone said, we know why you live where you live. Because oddly, you're six miles in any direction from any of these places. So Rutt's Hut is right over here, which is famous for the hot dogs. Um, yeah. Johnny and Hanges is literally in the other direction, a few miles. The Goffle Grill. And then if you're a burger guy, White Man is literally six miles or less. Beautiful. Direction. So like where I live, if you need a, uh, a hamburger and hot dog crawl, that's that would be the uh, the ultimate hamburger and hot dog crawl is they're all right here. You know what? I think that's what we should do when I come to see you. Yeah. That's my – yeah. I actually just came from – before this call, I came from um, Toronto. I was down there for the night, and uh, I was with my brother who's a chef as well. And he and I are doing some research for a, a, a project, and we did a little um, – uh, Chinese food tour, but authentic oh, nice. regional Chinese. So we were having, uh, you know, various noodles and dumplings and, and sandwiches from these regions. So I just came off a, a similar but different tour earlier this afternoon. And I love those types of things. When you go to a different place like, you know, New York or, uh, or you know, any anywhere where we've done a lot of traveling in Asia. You're yeah. And, oh, love soup dumplings. So yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been to Shanghai. Yeah. All right. So I have a place for you in New Jersey. Um, and, and people look at me and they get mad. Tom's laughing because he's heard people come on. I'm like, look, there's a place by me called Truly Sichuan that yeah. things are, are pretty much as good as Joe Shanghai. And like, there's been like threats in my life made until I've taken these people there. And they're like, uh, uh, oh, no, this is actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to say it out loud, but these soup dumplings are on par. And old school, you're getting old. It's only yeah. soup dumplings, nothing else. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, that'll be another place when you're in my backyard you have to hit. And as you see, I'm dead yet. So you can tell right. uh, it's pretty much on the money. Yeah, yeah. People have uh, they've they've taken your word as gospel after they uh, after they had that. Yep, I, I got to live for another day. So there. We'll have to get you guys to come down to Cayman, and I'll take you on a uh, uh, sort of Caribbean food tour. Oh man! Oh, I, I, I never would love that. You done, man? Yeah, yeah. No, that would get be. A some curried goat, some oxtail, oh, ackee and sawfish. Mm. Come on. Maybe I'll yeah. get some ackee and sawfish. Bye. Yeah, that's the good stuff. Now some Jamaicans going, man, me hear you, bumble clot. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> that's breakfast. That's breakfast of champions down there. All right. This next question, I, it, you know, it could be for Maddie, but I think it's for Dylan. Uh, that glorious beard, what the <laughs> hell do you feed that thing? Uh, I don't Any know. Tips? What am I putting in this Any thing? Tips? You know what I... This is this is just a lack of, or a dedication to laziness is really all it is. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, it's uh, it gets gets I leave it alone until it gets so wily that I can't go out in public and then I'll throw a trim on it. But um, yeah, very little maintenance on this. But you know what I started using in it, which is uh, which is kind of fun. For these kids, um, it's actually a tattoo bomb. It's like a tattoo aftercare stuff that's got like coconut oil and jojoba oil and all this kind of stuff and it's perfect it smells great gets all the the nice oils in there and that's pretty much it throw a slab of that in the morning and get on with the day Matt, what about maddie, you maddie maddie same question so i use uh so you remember the wrestler uh gene snitsky snitsky so snitsky made beard oil so junior the snitsky beard oil we've had snitsky as a uh, as a yeah. guest show so I religiously use Snitsky stuff, and this is this is trimmed down. We've seen the longer version that went yeah. about a year ago when I decided to dip it in a sweatshirt, and really wasn't one of my finer days. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we, we, trimmed down, we trimmed down a bit after the uh, the sweatshirt episode. I don't think the question's for me as well, but uh, usually it's just whiskey. But it misses my beer, just goes in the mouth. So yeah, there you go. That's all. <laughs> There. Well, that's all I need. Right? Powered by whiskey. Powered, Powered by, whiskey. by whiskey. You got it. Uh, any, uh, as far as, as you're looking at, uh, you know, and of course for the last, you've been at the show, what, three years now? Yeah, this is our third year doing it, which is, um, you know, it's great. It was, it's, it's always fantastic when you get the call, Hey, we're going again, we're doing another season, yeah. you know, and, uh, after COVID and there were a lot of, um, really prominent shows that didn't get that renewal. So the fact that we did was, was well, great. Well. Testament to how well it's doing, um, you know, nationally and internationally. So it's 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 awesome, man. I have so much fun doing it. You know, it takes a, a couple of weeks in the summer, and I get to come hang out in Canada. This is where my family is, and you know, the weather's beautiful. Shoot some shows, hang out with some chefs, and then head back to the islands. So it's a pretty good Incredible. gig. I don't know, Tom. What do you think? Maybe we we just did a charity event uh, for the late great Carl Ruiz. That's right. Uh, personal. Uh, 
like a brother. So we just did that. I'm, we might have to get you to come to that event. So it's Ed Randolph. I love that. Place That'd be awesome. Uh, you know who Tank Johnson is? So yep. Tank mm -hmm. big for us. Tank, if you're watching, what's up, dog? You will be yeah. soon. Uh, I think that sounds like a plan. What do you think? I'd love to have him. I'm in. Bastard. I just have people commit to stuff. They're like, oh, Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're live. And now it's live, so it's got to happen. Yeah. No, we, it was two weeks ago today we did that in Newburgh, New York. We had a great time, raised some right. uh, great funds for that wonderful cause, Carl Ruiz's foundation. And, man, we had some amazing barbecue, that that whole hog, great whiskey, great smokes. That was that was dynamic, really nice. nice. That's very cool. We had a really I good I love time. events like that, you know, getting, getting a lot of good, like-minded people together and just – celebrating life and food and drinks and you know we have a few food festivals down in Cayman and I always look forward to that time of the year when you get together with people and just break bread eat good yeah. food yes any uh any trends you're noticing the last couple of years or even now that in the world of of grilling of barbecue uh of meats that you're seeing that are making it onto tables be it in restaurants or in homes what are you what are you seeing as far as trends go yeah, for sure i mean the, the I think for a number of reasons, and COVID certainly helped with this, people are really getting outside and cooking a lot more with their grills and with their smokers and in a more sort of um, invested capacity in that they're not just firing it up and cooking burgers and steaks, right? They're learning how to do things like like smoked ribs and briskets and, you know, longer things that take several hours or, or even overnight to cook. And I think this is fantastic. It, you know, I've always said that being able to cook for yourself and feed yourself and your family is one of those great skills that everybody should have. And, and if you take pride in it and you enjoy doing it, it makes it all that much more fun and, and interesting. So that would be the preface of, you know, these techniques like reverse sear, getting big cuts of meat, cooking them in direct heat, warming them slowly, right? Before yeah. then cooking them on high heat for a quick sear and then off to the plate. What's the benefit of this? Well, several. If you get a steak that's an inch, more than an inch, whether it's an inch or an inch and a half, two inches, if you try and cook that on direct heat the whole time, I always explain it to people that you're going to get well done, medium well, medium, little bit of medium rare, and then it starts going well done again, right? Whereas if you do a reverse sear, essentially you're taking half hour, 40 minutes to bring this up to temperature, like a little bit under where you want it, and then you quick hard sear, and then when you cut it open, it's evenly cooked all the way through. So you have a more consistent cook, a better cook. And you can get a really nice crust on the outside. Oh, yeah. So those yeah. those types of things. And, you know, people are starting to get more into sous vide as well, which oh, can yeah. be beneficial, um, especially if you're doing big cuts like that, cooking that sous vide and then finishing it on the grill. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff that you can do. And, and people are starting to not only, you know, they, a lot of people care a lot more now about where their food comes right through aware. So they, they want to know, is this not necessarily organic, but is it, local or where did it come from how are these animals treated how are these vegetables raised is this carrot from california or cambridge you know 10 minutes away right. um and so i'm finding the same thing as now and this has been happening over the last decade or even two decades um but now people are starting to get into the same headspace with the cooking techniques they're spending more time they care more about what they're putting in their body and how it's prepared as opposed to just slapping it on a grill or banging it in the microwave and calling that dinner right Oh yeah, no, and they are. And I'm always uh, say we've we've talked about meats, and I love the way those carrots sound. Those sound amazing. Yeah. Uh, for you, I'm always looking for some, you know, sides that really will impress me. I mean, everyone has their own take on mac and cheese, the potato salads, the greens. Any particular sides recipes that you've created that you have or that you use whenever you're doing your um, as a personal chef for for your events? What are your what are some of your favorite tips? Some of your favorite recipes for sides. I did a demo the other day and um, about potato salad. So it's funny you mentioned that. <laughs> potato salad's classic, right? Everybody yeah. loves potato salad. But how do you make it interesting? How do you make it delicious? How do you make it more than just a potato salad, right? And so what I started doing was sweet potato salads, okay? Mm. Right? It adds a nice little sweetness, beautiful color. You get this bright orange. And that's all fine and good. But then eventually you get sick of that as well. So how do we amplify that? Um, and I started smoking the potatoes. So you cut your potatoes into a, a medium dice, whatever size we're going to do. You cook them off in the water, and then you throw them in the smoker for about 15, 20 minutes. Get a nice kind of uh, aroma in there, and then fold that into your potato salad. It changes the whole dynamic, especially with sweet potato. Because now you've got smoke, sweetness, the richness from the mayo and the mustard and everything else. Um, it really changes the game. 
having a little of that smoky element before you is it, a surprise that it actually will complement the barbecue uh, nicely. I like the way that sounds. Yeah, no, it works out really well. Yeah. Side. Now, when you smoke potatoes, my interest hones right back in. You know, favorite vegetable, side vegetable, I'm like bacon. You're like, yeah, no. Yeah. I don't think yeah, yeah. You, you, my throw some, yeah. you can throw some bacon in there. Nothing wrong with that. A little of that candied bacon. Yeah. Well, I'll give you the website once again. Uh, everybody who's watching, thank you for watching us. And again, take another moment and uh, like and share this video as you're watching on the early edition of Cigar Saturday, DylanBenoit.com. That's where to find Chef Dylan Benoit, everything he does, uh, some great videos, some great videos of you traveling, too. You have some great videos of you traveling, uh, some of the writings you've done. You've, you, you love travel, too. I mean, you get a lot of great places. Love to travel. Yeah, I've been fortunate enough in my in my life and my career to travel to many many places, and um, I feel like that's one thing that everybody should do in their life. Um, whether you can do it early or late, it opens your eyes. It, it makes you more sort of aware of not only the world but of other people and their way of life, their way of thinking, their culture, their food. Um, and even if that's not the way that you want to live or the food that you necessarily want to eat forever, it, it just makes you aware that there are other people outside of your town or your city or your state or your country, right? Um, it, it kind of opens your eyes and gives you the sort of education that you can't really get anywhere else. Um, and even if the language barrier is something that's difficult to overcome at certain points, we all speak the same language of food, right? right. Different ingredients, different yeah. dishes, different cooking techniques. But when you sit down with somebody or, or a group of people, even if you don't speak the same language, you're eating the same dish. It's like, oh, this is good. Or it's not. This is spicy. This is, you know, and there's a lot of you can relate very clearly to people um, by, by, by sharing a meal with them. And I think that that's super important, right? Um, it kind of shows that above or below everything else if you strip away nationality and race and and religion and whatever else you believe in or identify with at the end of the day we all eat we all love good food and that's something that we can all sort of agree on and in these days especially i think that's more important than ever yeah yeah the yeah, food the best way to go is walk up to someone they have no idea j'adore bacon and you're good to go that's it yeah, <laughs> I, I I entirely agree. That one tends to work out well for you when you're traveling, huh, Maddie? <laughs> Especially when you're on uh, in the in the uh, French Canadian side of Canada, which would, oh yeah, they're like, oh, tu sabes les États-Unis? I'm like, oui, je j'adore bacon. Yeah, bacon, <laughs> bacon. We all love bacon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Forget about everything else. Yeah. Right? You just have to figure out all those things. I'm like, I'm like, Senor, you quiero empanadas? Like, empanadas? You quiero, see? Perfect. We're friends. So you, you, know, you know how to have all those proper keywords for your, for your interaction. That's it. That's it. Yeah. All you need is a few. A few of those words and you can oh. get along. Yes. Now, as we're looking towards uh, your next season, of uh, Firemasters, any uh, anything you can tease forward to? Any little uh, anything that we can let the, the fans know that we're going to be seeing that they're going to enjoy? Well, um, you know we're we're in a new location this year, which is cool. We're on we're on a new set. It's going to look very similar. The aesthetic is the same, but we're we're in a new location. So there's some some kind of switch ups uh, that come along with with moving from where we were filming and, and to where we are now. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be very similar. It's it's the same, but but 2.0, if you will. And I I'm really excited about that because we've done 40 episodes so far, and then we're doing another 20 episode block. So if we had 60 episodes that were all in the same location with the same sort of format, then that's great. I mean, it's it's obviously doing well, and people relate to it, so that's fantastic. But you know, giving it a, a fresh coat of paint, so to speak, I think is uh, is only gonna improve the quality of the show and the spike the interest of the viewers new and old so i think that's super exciting i'm really looking forward to seeing how that all comes together and and how the viewers relate to it excellent and again uh if you if you don't for some reason have the cooking channel or you're not in canada for food network you can go on to foodnetwork.ca uh, and you can watch um all the episodes that have aired thus far the new no. episodes or watch on cooking channel 
or you said also the ones in UK. Tell us those again. Yeah, it's Blaze TV in the UK. I'm not sure if it's still on the air now, but they had a big um, barbecue uh, week that they were promoting uh, last right. year. So I know it was on the air there, and it's probably on like a rerun uh, cycle now. Um, and Cosmopolitan TV in in Spain. If we have any anybody in Spain that's yeah. tuned in, uh, or if anybody tuned in knows people in Spain, then have them. Uh, they're airing that right now for sure. They just started a couple of weeks ago. So Fantastic. Uh, pretty exciting to see that we're in new territories and. Um, you get to hear my voice dubbed over in Spanish by a really masculine, like uh, Telenova type of personality. <laughs> Bienvenidos, uh, maestros de la parilla. It's uh, pretty funny. Oh, amigo, hermanos. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Have, have you... Just for that, sounds like right those kung fu movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Dylan, come on. Have you? Yeah. Totally like that. Have you got to meet this guy that's doing the dubbing? Or that's, that's doing I haven't the yet. I haven't yet. I'd love to. I'd love to go and have some uh, have some barbecue and a and a drink with him, a glass of wine over <laughs> there in great. Spain. Yeah. It sounds like so. We need to get some more. Uh, as far as searching for bourbon, some places in Canada, you're not you're finding some selection, but we need a little bit more bourbon there. You, yeah, right? no, there there is a there is a great selection of of bourbons and whiskeys in general here in Canada. Um, Unfortunately, the the town that I'm in is just about an hour outside of Toronto, and uh, they had they had the usuals, the heavy hitters. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, certainly nothing outside of the you know the the regular circle of expectation. Um, right. So instead of getting a bottle of Jim Beam or Makers, I felt like I would stick with the uh, the Japanese for today. So good. Those Japanese yeah. whiskeys are so good. Of course, so many are getting harder and harder to find. Uh, some yes. of the Sabikis, the Yamazakis. Um, I know being appreciated by Canadians, those of those of us in the U.S., uh, but the Toki is nice stuff. I like that one. I think it it's great by itself. It's great in a cocktail or a highball. Uh, yeah, it's really nice stuff. Yeah. What are you guys seeing as far as like kind of trends and stuff in the bourbon world or or whiskey world down there in the states? Because I know a lot of um, a couple of years ago, a lot of them were being aged in old wine casks and things like that. Right? Are they still doing that type of stuff? What's happening now? Cherry barrel finishes, wine barrel finishes are becoming bigger and bigger. There's some brands that are actually, as far as now with bourbon, when you put it into a secondary barrel, we technically think of, uh, you know, the Breckenridge PX as a bourbon or the Angels Envy as a bourbon, but they literally are a straight bourbon finished in uh, another cask, which we love. There are some whiskeys, though. Uh, there's a new single malt called Courage and Conviction by... Um, Virginia Distilling Company that's just aging fully, their American single malt, fully in used sherry barrels, used cuvee barrels from Spain and Portugal, and then they're blending them together. And those are really nice, nice too. Oh, I cool. think the full aging, uh, not just secondary barrel, but primary barrel aging is big. I think that barrel proof is becoming bigger and bigger. I mean, obviously, right. everyone yeah. who watches this knows I love the Peerless and the Rhine, the Bourbon, both are um, uh, barrel proof. But I think you're going to see more and more uh, barrel proof, higher proof bourbons. I think people are appreciating those more with food, with cocktails, with cigars. Yeah. Um, those are a couple trends. I think we'll we'll see more and more single malt American whiskeys coming on too, and more and more brands trying those. Nice. And that was a big trend, or always has. Not really a trend. It's been a, a sort of a foundation of rums for a long time, right? Like barrel proof Ooh. rums. That was always always been a yes. big thing. Those overproof rums. I love those higher proof yeah. rums. Yeah, I'm a big Little fan Ray, of uh, plantation and one fifty one. Oh, the way, yeah, yeah, oh, the tiki drinks, so all those are. I think yeah. going to continue to grow. Rum's really grown a lot. Um, so many things, so many, and I'm going to make sure I send you some uh, some bourbon, chef. We're going to make sure you send we send you some of our very favorites too. I think since we're talking about barrel aged stuff, chef, I don't know if you've had them yet, but there's a, a barrel aged happy. Oh yeah. Oh no, I haven't. They're so good. Happy Van Winkle together. So if you hadn't Ooh. had that, I'm gonna make sure that's in your uh, your package. It's something you're really gonna dig. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah, Great. that'd be fantastic. I've uh, I've had the I've tasted a couple of the pappies uh, over the years, but I certainly haven't had that one. I've never even seen it. I gotta send some of those sticks and uh, yeah. I smoked the other uh, two weeks ago when we were together. We smoked the Pacho Cinco's. So you get the barrel agents on the. Oh, oh yes, those are so good too. Nice. Don't put in some interesting stuff so you get those nuances of the barrel age experience in those sticks for sure that'd be fantastic and that's the thing you know down in cayman we have um mostly access to cuban cigars right which are 
great and they're 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 that right and they're very pure in their style and and quality but they don't really mess around with any of the sort of more creative things of barrel aging this or or um i guess what i'm trying to say is in the states you guys have a lot more selection of of interesting things to smoke that aren't just pure cigars for the sake of a cigar right right you obviously get all the protos and everything else that's yeah. uh right into all the, the the cuban tobacco and as you've seen over the years as good as cuban tobacco and cuban cigars are kind of the quality control over the last 10 to 12 years kind of dipped the dipped a bit so even if you get a whole box of uh of bihikes and like i said you know uh, a great bihike is amongst one of the best cigars bar none in the world but i'm sure you've seen your fair share of a couple of plug cigars and i know the tax is now on tobacco yeah. up in canada so if you're going to drop you know 80 bucks or 70 bucks in a bihike the last thing that you want is for it to either be canoeing or you want an right and you know i've seen it happening more and more and it's definitely here yeah. between the uh, nicaraguan cigars and dominican and all the different mixtures you know uh, mexican and using matafinas and everything else so you really see exactly what you said there's a lot more use of different type of tobaccos that we get from all of our friends uh throughout the world so yeah that's definitely true yeah that's uh, interesting. It's cool to see that uh, that you know that industry is also starting to think outside the box more and more and get creative and and do different things, right? But yeah, I agree. And and even the times that I've been over in Cuba, you're buying smokes like you got you you almost have to go with somebody that's in the industry there, and not because I mean you can there's certain telltale signs when you're looking at a cigar and things like that. But when you're over there, even the shitty leaf and wrapper looks great right so it's not until you light one up and you buy a box of something and the worst thing is i have tons of friends that do it that have it's happened to them as well because they go over there like oh i'm in cuba i'm gonna buy a box of cigars and take it back they come back and they give me one i light it up i'm like oh man you got hosed <laughs> this whole right. box is like yeah, yeah these are really good dominican cigar you're like no no wait it says cuban it's like yeah no but i'm telling you you're smoking a pretty good dominican cigar. Dominic yeah yeah for sure yeah i'm in yeah, it's it's a lot it's a lot easier to ship a, a a bag of bands and just stick them on whatever sticks you've got kicking around. And unfortunately, that stuff happens all the time, right? It's it's an easy way for people to make a buck if they're not uh, not concerned about giving you some inferior quality stuff. So you know you know that that's the biggest thing when you when you're on the road a lot and you travel a lot. The face that you always make when that one person comes back to go, Matt, I was in the islands, and then you see the dot 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 go. And then you bought a box of Cuban cigars. Like, how did you know? I'm like, you should put down your head now and look sad before it. I'm telling you. I'm yeah, like, yeah. like, have the sad look now so you don't yeah. have to do it later. Then you <laughs> yeah. The head dip, the look of shame. But they told me it was Cuban. I'm like, dude, you know, there's Santa Claus, there's leprechauns, there's the Easter <laughs> that we could talk yeah. about. Now that you're disappointed when it's not real. So I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and, and, it's good to talk about these kinds of things, although it sucks because a lot of people, they don't know. Right. And, and they go on a trip and they're super excited and they get a box of, you know, Cohibas or uh, Monte Cristos. And it's instead of 20 bucks a stick, it's 40 bucks for a box. And they're like, Oh, this is a great deal. And unfortunately they're just getting, getting suckered, but just make sure they don't knock off the snake charmer. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, Sandra, Sandra would have a couple of contract contractors down there to, to take care of that. No, no. <laughs> well, but this, but this is my, this is my point. You're, you're a reputable, um, uh, retailer, right? And this is the thing I, I, I equate buying cigars to buying watches in that I only buy from a reputable dealer, right? That's I buy great. a Panerai from the, uh, a, a reputable, uh, authorized dealer. I don't buy it secondhand on the internet. I don't buy it from a guy that's like, Oh, I threw the box and papers away years ago. Like, no, 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 I don't want it, bro. Cause I've been to Hong Kong right. and I've seen some of those and not the ones on the street. Let me tell you a story. I was in Hong Kong. I was looking at these watches and they're all like Rollies and whatever, Rolexes and whatever else. And, and this is street level. And the guy comes over, he's like, uh, you want to, you want to buy a watch? I was like, no, no, man, I'm, I'm uh, about a hundred percent sure that these are not real. And he's like, he's like, no, no, you're right. They're not real. They're knockoffs. Da, da, da. But if you want, <laughs> if you want something and they're not trying to hide it because they're fucking $50 Rolexes on the street. Right. But then he's like, if you want something a little better, come with me. And he takes me in upstairs, like through these alleyways, knock on a door. The thing slides open. You see some eyes is closed back and then they let you in. And I've been inside these rooms where they have its entire boutique 
of all knockoff watches that are as good as, or that appear to be as good as a real one. And you hold it in your hand. I'm wearing one and I'm, I, found, I have the exact same model from their boutique next to me. And I'm looking at them. I'm like, if you're like, if you don't know, then you're not going to know. And it's sure this is a couple hundred dollars now, but if you don't buy it from somebody, you know, or, or, or a reputable person, it's easy for somebody to go to Hong Kong, spend now $200 on a knockoff and then go and sell it for six grand when they get back to the States or back to Cayman or Canada. You notice when you open up the watch, like this is real. I'm like, I never knew there were three L's in a Torbillion. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or my favorite's like, yeah, look at it. And then, and then you see the, 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 the second hand goes tick, 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 tick. I'm like, how, when was the last time you had to change the battery on this? He's like, oh, six months ago. I'm like, your Rolex isn't real, bud. <laughs> that was my favorite thing probably of all time. So I could tell you're a watch guy, so you'll appreciate this. So the only Rolex ever, right, to ever use a quartz was the Cellini. And I think it was one year and then everybody at Rolex put their heads down like, we should never do this again. I put my head in shame, yeah? Right, yeah, yeah. I was like, dude, you'll never believe. I was over in Kowloon and I'm just like, as soon as he said, I'm like, boom. And he goes, dude, check this out. Feel the thing. I'm like, hey. Here's your first telltale sign, watch guy. It says quartz under the six, you idiot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, there was, it was like, there was this one time, and like, literally, there was this one time. I'm like, and he's like, so you're saying this wasn't worth $600? I'm like, dude, really? I'm like, they yeah. didn't see you from across the street. They saw you like at the airport and ran yeah. to I'm like, you bought, yeah. you actually bought a Rolex that has the word quartz on it. I'm like, I'm like, I'm and sinker. Pained I am for you. And he's just yeah. like, Hey, you want to buy a watch? Like, no, I don't. No. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Chef Dylan Benoit, again, that website that uh, you want to check out, dylanbenoit.com. And uh, Chef, uh, thank you. It's, it's so good to have you here with us. Can't wait to spend some time with you. Well, we'll get you to Newburgh, uh, New York next year for our event. Uh, we'll be watching uh, Cooking Channel, Food Network Canada, all those places. Uh, to see your show, any other uh, events you'll be doing in person? Anything coming up you're you're looking forward to? Um, not not a lot, unfortunately. I was doing a few kind of um, of the festival circuits, doing like culinary stages and things like that. Obviously, pre-COVID, so hoping that things get back to normal a little bit and we can start doing that, which will be a little more traveling around in the U.S. and hopefully we can meet some of the the viewers who are out there watching. But as for now, um, I've got a small event in in Barrie, Ontario, next week, um, doing a little kind of co-hosting thing for a charity food event, which is going to be great. And then I fly back to Cayman after that, but. You know, we'll be doing um, uh, Cayman Cookout in late January this year, which is a great event if anybody's ever been down there before. Nice. Um, so we'll be in and out of, of some of the events there. And then we did our first Rib Fest this year at Carnivore in, in July, on, on July 4th weekend. Yeah, which was great. We had a great yeah. time. Um, so we'll be going bigger and better and badder next year. Uh, so if anybody is looking for a, an event to kind of center their trip around in Cayman early July, then come down and, and hang out Rib Fest next year. That'll be Ribfest uh, next year. And, of course, uh, anytime you're there, look up uh, Carnivore. Uh, it's there in uh, Cayman as well, right? Yeah, Carnivore Premium Meats, um, where Cayman's uh, really only uh, high-end butcher shop. And uh, we're right in Camana Bay, which is kind of like one of the hubs there of uh, shopping and dining and lifestyle, things like that. Uh, come by, grab a grab a steak or a sandwich, a burger, something like that. And, um, yeah, you know, if you can check out the website that uh, Tom put up there or, you know, our, uh, our other website is primegroup.ky. That's a private chef and catering company. So even if you just want to look at some pretty pictures of food uh, while you're sitting there enjoying your smoke and your bourbon tonight, go check that out. Primegroup.ky right there, right? Yep. Yep. And uh, carnivore, carnivorekman.ky as well. If anybody wants to check out uh uh, the butcher shop's website. Or no, sorry, it's just carnivore.ky. My apologies. Carnivore.ky. There's that one. Carnivore.ky. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah. Be sure you check out all the great uh, work that uh, Chef does. His shop, check out his TV show and uh, all his travels, his adventures. Chef, it's great. I know we've talked several times virtually. It's great to finally have you on here and uh, to have a, a stick and a sip with you. And uh, yeah. we'll definitely have you back on here and send you some sticks and some whiskey. All kind of great stuff. Um, and we had a lot of people uh, sharing this, a lot of fans of Firemasters sharing awesome. this tonight. Pick a number between 1 and 42. That'll be the winner of that coffee will be the number we have assigned randomly to um, 
some different folks that uh, that shared this. Okay, the number will be 33. All right, number 33 for that special um, bourbon coffee from Janice Coffee Roasters. Again, there's the link that you uh, want to check out. It's Mark Turner. Mark, you won. Thanks for sharing us on Twitter. Congrats, Mark. Thanks for uh, thanks for watching everybody, and we will uh, we'll also be putting this uh, up on all of our podcast audio channels wherever you listen to your audio on. Chef, thank you, Maddie. Thank you, Maddie. Do we know uh, Do we know what's happening next week? Much love, peeps. We got a couple people in the hopper, so stay tuned during the week. I will figure out who I have scheduled for uh, for next weekend. So keep your eye out on our sites, guys, and you'll see who uh, next week guest especiales nice chef, awesome. chef benoit thank you so much maddie sanj much love everybody guys thank you so much for having me and thanks to everybody for tuning in checking this out and check out the show appreciate you guys cheers lads thanks chef appreciate it oh peace have a good one thanks